The American experiment that we're in the midst of, perhaps coming to the end of, but we're in the midst of it. The American experiment is predicated on on going, sending, and going. You can see this in the, the different personalities. You compare us to many of our, our brothers across the pond, say in England. Uh, you can see the difference in the temperament. Those who stayed close to home and their civility, England, the aggressive ones who go across the pond and continue to conquer more land, you have this American brashness. You can see the difference between them, can't you? So the Americans, and they, they come and they come to the northeastern shores, but even that's not enough, is it? So they cross the Appalachians, but that's not enough. They keep going, they keep going. Then out comes the cry, head west, head west, young man. And they settle the plains, and they come to this, this fortress of the Rocky Mountains, but that's not enough. They even cross those, and they get to California, and even that is not enough. And so they build these big, long piers way, way out into the ocean. But we have come into this land, and we have been greatly blessed by God, and we have become lethargic. Just like our, our, our brothers from earlier in the, in the faith, the Hebrew, when they came into the land and God blessed them, they, they conquered the land and God blessed them, they got fat and they got lazy and they got spiritually lethargic and God sent them prophet after prophet after prophet telling them, wake up! Wake up, my brothers! Wake up, my sisters! Do you not see that there's more land to be conquered? So now... In our churches, we must hear that same message. Wake up! Wake up, my brothers and sisters. Wake up. Do you not see the words that Jesus Christ, He's he's resurrected, He's been resurrected from the dead, and He promised them that I will will be handed over to 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 the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the elders, and they will crucify Me, but I will be raised on the third day. And I will see you in Galilee. And now the eleven disciples, they, they went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, Matthew writes. And when, when they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some, some doubted. And Jesus came and He said to them, All authority, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go. Go, therefore. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. I am with you always, even till the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we long, we long to be used by You. And I pray that as a church that we would be used by You, God. And during this time, that Your Your Word would be so sweet to us and so lively to us, God, that You would enlighten our hearts and and stir our affections for You and for Your Kingdom, God, that we would go. 
and that we would go, dear God. Could you make that happen in this, this short time that we have together? God, could you work mightily through your word? Amen. A brief outline of where we're going to be going throughout this sermon so you can kind of have a mental hook in which to place things. Main idea, the main, main theme we're going to be thrusting home is to go. Go and be intentional with the gospel. Go. It's not just enough to go, but you have to go and you have to be intentional with the gospel. But if you're intentional with the gospel and you're not going, well, what's the use of so go and be intentional with the gospel. This, this idea of discipleship and making disciples. So our two main points that we're going to be working under is just plagiarizing. Go is the first one. Make disciples is the second one. Go and then make disciples. So in, when we go, what's, what's the condition we're supposed to go in? What, are there any exceptions? Right? Does go really mean go? We're going to be looking at that as well. And then this idea of making disciples or, or being intentional with the gospel. What does that look like? It, Matthew tells us. One, we baptize and then we teach. We baptize people into the fold of God and then we teach them. We, we train them up so that they themselves might go. So this, this first part here, this, this idea of going here. Let's go back to verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. I would say in our lives of convenience, the most simplest of words can come in and, and tear everything asunder. A simple word like, go. You, you tell it to your children. You see this in your children. You tell them, go. Go to your room. Well, then every host of every excuse comes flying out, right? A litany of reasons is now laid before you why they can't go. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this art project. I, let me finish this art project. Don't you see how beautiful it is? Surely you want me to finish this before you want me to go do what you asked me to do. Well, that's not fair. They started it. Oh, when you said go, I... You actually meant go. I thought you meant as you're going. So I could, I could just keep doing whatever I want to do and then eventually meander my way to the room. No, when, when mom says go, you go. And we do the same thing, don't we? We do the same thing. So confounding is it that we'll, we'll come up with every trick we can do. I know you've all heard it. Oh, it's a participle. It's a participle. It just means as you're going. As you are going. As you are going. It simply means, like, as you're going to, to go get some eggs, there you go. As you're going off to the park, as you're going off to your work, as you're going off to do whatever you want to do. Maybe find some time to sprinkle in a little God, a little Jesus, and you can put him back up on the shelf, but you can go ahead and do whatever you want to do. But as you're going, you're doing whatever you want to do. You can somehow fulfill this great commission that we, we water it down into this great suggestion. And it's nothing more. But no, my friends, it must not be. Does not the Word of God, is it not able to determine the conduct and the course of our lives and our very actions? It must be. 
So let's just take a second here. We never talk about Greek up here, and that's intentional, but I think it would serve us well here. So it is, it is a participle, sure, and it's before the main verb. So typically it would mean like this as you are going through the sense. But when it's a participle, constructed the way it is, before this main verb, which is to make disciples, and when this main verb is an imperative, something you are to do, well then that it bleeds over, it bleeds over, it piggybacks on to this participle. So it is, it is, go, go. Sure, the main verb is still make disciples, but it, is, it has this imperative flavor to it. So when we, we come to the Word of God, so William, uh, John Wycliffe, in 1384, translates the Pentateuch, he translates Jonah, and the New Testament. How do you do it? Greek. Right? Wrestling with the Greek, it's, it's go. Tyndale, 1534, translates the Bible. Says go, King James Version. Go all the way through. It's always said go, 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 and we get to our times of modern convenience. And it cannot mean that. No, it must mean something else. It's been a joyful burden and a delight for the church to go throughout all of these centuries. And our eagerness to say that I mean nothing more than just as you are going, that I can continue to do whatever I want to do. I think it says more about us and our love of convenience and enjoying the blessings of God rather than God Himself than we, than we really realize. And as, as ones who are sent, we should be rejoicing, my friends. We should be rejoicing. So here is God the Father and He has sent His Son and this is our identity is now that the Son is going to be going back to the Father, going ascending back to the Father, He sends the church. He sends His apostles, His disciples, you guys. He sends them. And so that's our primary identity. And rather than being a burden, we should be rejoicing in this, my friends. That as our identity in Christ, one of the main reasons, one of the main ways that we're living this out is that we are ones who are sent. You see this in and John, 1 John 4, as, as we have seen and testified, as I have seen and testified, John writes, the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. John 5, in, in this discourse that Jesus has, showing the relationship between He and the Father, He says, I can do nothing on my own will. As I hear, I judge. And my judgments are just because... I seek not my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. It goes on. Galatians 4. Paul writes, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. Born of a virgin, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might be adopted as sons. Matthew 10 uh, when Jesus is sending out the disciples the first time, just amongst the, not the Gentiles, but just the Jewish people, He sends them out. And He kind of deconstructs everything. The Father sending the Son, and the, the, the Son sending them. And, he, and so Jesus says, whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. So if your neighbors, if your people, or if your co-workers, if your family members want to partake 
of the goodness of God, God will use you, my friends. They will receive the words coming of you that they would receive Christ, that they might have God. This is a wonderful thing that God is bringing us in here. And then in John 20, finally, at the end there, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So our identity is in Christ, my friend. As your identity is in Christ. One of the main reasons, or one of the main ways that your identity is in Christ is that you are one who is sent. Just as Christ was sent of the Father, so now we are sent of Christ. And so here is the church. Christ sending us into the darkness with the very One. So we have this authority of God the Father who has given it to the Son, and the Son has given it to us. And so we go forth with this authority and the very one who has made it all that we see out there, the trees and all that we behold, the one who has created it and sustaining it, you have that authority to go forth. So my friends, right now, the time is at hand. The time is at hand, as Joel would write, to beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak ones say, I am a warrior. And some of you, your heart is stirring. Your heart is stirring with missions. The very fact that you're here is a degree of disobedience, quite frankly. You know that you are to be elsewhere. Do not delay. Do not delay another season. You have here in this church, you guys, a wonderful body who will sustain you, who will send you, who will care for you, who will provide for you. So my friend, go. William Carey, the, the father of, of modern missions, he had this heart that was inflamed for missions. But when you looked around at the churches surrounding him throughout England, he... He was saddened, quite frankly, at the condition of the churches. They spiritually dead because there was, the evidence was that they weren't sending anyone out. And he lamented this lack of urgency. In 1792, he preached a sermon from Isaiah 54. It was from verses 2 and 3. It says, Paul, um, Isaiah writes, Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offsprings will possess the nations and your offsprings will possess the desolate cities. And in this sermon, he challenged his his fellow pastors and, and everybody else who was with them. He challenged them to expect great things from God and to attempt great things for God. And from there, the Spirit of God began to move throughout England. And missionaries were sent. They knew that they were, that they were to send or they were to they themselves go. To they themselves go and, and to go and live in a foreign land. That their people might be your people so that your God could be their God. 
They were today themselves to go, but if they didn't go, then they were to sin. And they raised up their, their young, their sons and their daughters. They raised them up not to live comfortable lives. No, not at all. But to be a, a burning bright light that shines with the Gospel into the midst of the darkness. And when William Carey himself would go, before he goes off to India and spends the rest of his life there, he famously tells a his fellow pastor, Andrew Fuller, Baptist minister, he tells him, I will go into the pit if you will hold the rope. For some of you not right now, we are telling you, go. Go. Go into the pit. Again, you, you have this church that will hold the rope and go and go in, down into the darkness. That the love of Christ and the grace of God might shine brightly and, and that the, the gospel might be gracing the ears and the hearts of people who would not otherwise hear it. My friends, go. Go, my friends. Go with this, this glorious message that is the hope for all nations. And it is the hope for every nation. For why? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. So you see that this, this glorious message is not just the hope of the nations. Over there, over there, over there. But no, it is also the hope for you, my friend. What is your hope? You, you can't even control your circumstances right now. Do you think you'll be able to control them all in the future? No, you won't. You won't, my friend. But seek. Seek the Lord that you might be saved, Amos, Amos writes. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek the Lord that you might be saved. Seek the Lord that you might be saved. Do not seek after Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not cross over to Bathsheba or to Beersheba. So don't run to those other cities. Don't run to, so don't you don't run to your own strength. Don't run to your own wisdom. Don't run to your own self-righteousness. My friend, no. There is only one city of refuge, and that is Christ. Christ alone. There is one who will save you, but there is only one who will judge you as well. That is the same man, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So this message that is for you is, is for all of the nations, my friend. All of the nations. Don't wait any longer. Don't wait any longer. There is one God. There is only one God. And salvation then must come through His Son and through His Son alone. Can't you hear them? How many millions have died with never hearing the Gospel? Hundreds of millions. That is the harvest that is before us. There is much hope. For there is, there is hope in this gospel, my friends. And God in His providence is turning everything upside down, isn't He? So you go to the first century and, and the Jewish people, they were confounded. They were absolutely surprised. They thought they were the inheritors of the promise. 
But no, Paul writes to them that, no, this great mystery is that the Gentiles, you guys, are the inheritors, members of the same, of the promise, the partakers of the same promise, members of the same body. And in the same way as God had, had absolutely turned everything upside down, that's what he's doing now. And you realize, and you look around, even in our city, that we don't even have to go to the nations, for God in His providence has brought the nations to us. So be encouraged. Mom, who stays home with their two, three, four, five, six, there's a lot of big families here, six kids, be encouraged. You can partake in this. Yes, in addition to raising your sons and daughters and knowing that they're actually God's sons and God's daughters and He's simply entrusting them to you for a while to train them up so that they might go. In addition to training them up, be encouraged. You can't cross. You you have the nations before you. All you have to do is walk across the street. Right? And I would say that mom stays home, be encouraged through the midst of your soccer practice, your schooling, your play dates, your grocery shopping, and everything like that, you probably come into contact contact with far more souls than your husband who goes to work and sees the same five to eight guys month after month, year after year. Be encouraged, my friends. God has brought the nations to you. So this is the key of what I want you to see is that you must, you must be intentional. You must be intentional with the Gospel. So the missionary who's living overseas isn't worth nothing if he's not intentional. If he's not intentional to pray that God would open up doors. If he's not intentional to serve the people amongst whom he's living. If he's not intentional to share the Gospel. A missionary... It's not a missionary, it's just someone living overseas. So it is with you. You must be intentional. God just didn't send the missionaries. You go, oh no, God sent all of us. So be intentional in where you are and where God has, has you. Pray. Pray that God would open up doors this next week for you to share the gospel. When's the last time you prayed for that? Do you pray for that? When's the last time you you served your neighbor? Not that they might see your own self-righteousness, no, but that you might have a means by which you can share the Gospel. Be intentional in sharing the Gospel as well, my friends. Because our identity, again, is in Christ, and our identity is as one who is sent. And we have this, this glorious hope. So we're not defeated as we go out. We know the victory is sure, is it not? You know the end of the book. You know how it ends. The victory is sure, my friends, so go out and do not be dismayed. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do not be dismayed, my friends. Go as a herald of this glorious message. But then Paul wonders, well, 
how are to they then call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in someone who they have not heard? And how are they to hear unless someone is preaching to them? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And here they are. You are sent. You are sent by God. And so we have this wonderful assurance that Paul says, so faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So then we are the ones who are sent. We are the beautiful feet. As Paul had written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You, you are the beautiful feet to bring good news to this city. When beautiful feet no longer as a message bring this, bring a herald of destruction that is to come, but no, a glorious message of salvation through Christ and through Christ alone. So my friends, have it shift in your thinking. This is not a burden. This command given to you is not a burden. Don't water it down thinking, oh, it's just as I'm going and I'm doing whatever I want to do. No, don't water it down. It is not a burden. It is a joyful delight. How glorious of God to, to use us, to one, to not only redeem you, God has redeemed you, But now He is actually using you to redeem other people that His kingdom might go forth and continue to advance and advance and advance. This is not a burden, my friend. This is your life. This is who you are. You don't fit it into a compartment. No, this is who you are. Sure, you're a mom, so you're a mom who might not be able to go, but you're training up your children that they might go. You work, and you work hard and industriously, but you do it as one who is sent to be a herald of the gospel in that situation. That is your identity. We have no Christ if He is not sent of God, and we have no church if Christ is not sent us. This is who you are. You are Sent. Go. 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 So, what is holding you back, my friend? What? Why is this the exception, I would say? Why is it the exception rather than the standard? Out of us, 100, 100, 100, 120 of us gathered here, I say this to our shame. Not one of us is planning to go overseas in the next year. What an indictment. Why is this not the standard that we are going? Why is it the exception for some somebody who is spiritually elite? No! It's not them, it's you! There you see him, Thomas, off to India, right? Peter, a lowly fisherman from the Sea of Galilee. The northern shores of the Sea of Galilee. A nobody from nowhere. He does great things because he's filled with the Spirit of God as you see in Acts of the same Spirit that is filling you, my friends. And there is Paul living hand to mouth, hand to mouth on his missionary journeys. And here is John. 
living out his days far from the Sea of Galilee that had been his home for so many years and spending his waning years in Ephesus. Why is it the exception that we go? Why not the standard? Why, not, why, is it, why don't we expect people to go? We're sent. We are sent indeed. This old paradigm must pass away, my friends. So if you can't go overseas, that's fine. Go downtown. Go downtown. Share the gospel. Go across the street. Serve your neighbors. Love them. Share the gospel. Don't spend your retirement here. That's the perfect time to go. Don't spend it here. Your, your gardens will be fine without you. Tomatoes will bloom just fine without you. Go overseas, my friend. Spend your life as this burning bright light of the gospel that God would work through you to share the gospel. Isn't that endearing to you guys? Doesn't that stir your passions? Don't you want that? Don't you want to be used by God in such a way? You must. You must. You're reading your own heart more accurately in these moments right now than you, than you might realize. You're sitting here coldly. Pray to God. Pray to God that He would stir your heart. Pray to God that He would save you. It's never, it is never too late, my friends. It is never too late, nor is it never too early to be the beautiful feet that God is sending to His people. They are His people that He is redeeming through you, my friend. Go and go and be intentional with the Gospel. But we almost out of time. We've made it through one word here. So, we should keep going. Let's, let's keep going. Let's go back to verse 18 and we'll go through the end here. And Jesus came to them and, and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And Christ is, is in His sending here, is compelling His disciples to go and make more disciples. And you notice the, the universality of what is happening here. They're being heralds of this glorious kingdom. Of this kingdom that you see it just, them marching forth like an army, but it's not at all what you might expect. Well, it's not built on, on strength and might. No, it's built on weakness. It's, it's not built on wisdom, but no, it's built on godliness. And see, you see what is important here in this kingdom of God, and, and you see the universality of what's going on, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ, and Christ has passed all of this on to you guys, to the church, to encourage. So it's only natural then that this glorious message must go to all of the ends of the earth. If he's just some local deity, some local god, well, fine, then just share the gospel right there. No, but he has created everything. And the gospel must, must go forth everywhere. So he's not, 
You're not just one who is sent by some king, some lowly king, some governor. No, you have been sent by the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords and the very one who is sustaining all of this creation. And with all of that authority that Christ had to heal the sick and raise the dead and make the blind see and help the lame to walk, Christ has given that authority to you. So fear not. But go. Go and and make disciples. Be intentional with the Gospel. So we were to make disciples of all nations. So you see in Matthew 10, when Jesus is sending out the disciples the first time, He tells them, don't just just stay stay away from the Gentiles. Stay amongst the the Jewish people. But He is not telling them to do that any longer. But now He is telling them to go everywhere. So in the same way, my friends, we are sent and we are commissioned. Not to just stay amongst those with whom we feel comfortable. But to go and to go into all of the world. Make disciples. And so you see how intertwined this idea of going and discipleship is. So Jesus, in His idea of discipleship, He could not have a framework for it apart from going. It's like a, a prerequisite of true discipleship is this this notion of going. And so they're continuing on. They had, they had gone with Christ and they lived with Him for years and years and years. And it wasn't just a Sunday school, but no, they lived with Him. They broke bread with Him. They spent all of their time with Him. They lost their identity. That is true discipleship, is when you lose your former identity and adopt this and have this identity of Christ. That is true discipleship. Because it's, they lived their lives with him for three years, and it's like this, this residency when they would never leave the hospital. They're just continually, continually there. So then, how do we do it? In closing here, how do we do it? Well, Matthew gives us two ways of, of baptizing and then of teaching. First is baptizing them into the fold of God. Bringing them down into the waters of the abyss, the waters of judgment that we see. And then, when they are at their lowest point, when they are truly dead in this, this judgment of God, not they themselves, someone outside of them brings them up. As you yourself cannot save yourself, but you need someone outside of you to save you, God. They, this, they'll be brought up out of the waters, out of the waters of judgment, and into new life, just as you see in creation. This, Life coming out of the waters of judgment. You see it in Noah. Noah, God saves Noah from the waters of judgment. God shut the door. You see it this with the crossing of the Red Sea as well. When God saves His people from these waters of judgment, so in the same way He saves His people from the waters of judgment. And that's what we see in baptism as they're raised up and brought into new life. And the second one then is to teaching them, teaching them all that, to observe all that I have commanded you. And thus begins this lifelong endeavor of meditating on the Word of God. This glorious, glorious Word of God. And if this sounds like much, my friend, it is. It is. You should be absolutely overwhelmed right now. You should be. If it sounds like much, it is. Frankly, it's too much for you to bear. 
And you cannot carry it yourself, but thankfully, you don't have to. You have, you have Christ who is in us, and Christ who is working through us, and Christ who will be with us always until the very end of the age. So, my friends, go. Go. Go and be intentional with the Gospel. Go and make disciples of all nations. And do not neglect this for another moment, my friends. For this call is for all of God's people that all of God's creation might see His glory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we we have heard the Gospel by people who have been sent and people who have gone. And I pray that You would work in us, that this dam might break free, God, that we would no longer just retain it all for ourselves, but God, that we would go forth. That You would use us to to reach this this city, God, that You would use us to to truly love our neighbors and to serve them and to, to share the Gospel with them, God, that they, they can't believe. How are they... Are they to call upon You when they have not heard of You? God, I pray that we would see the beautiful feet that You have given us and that we would walk, walk into this city of spiritual darkness, armed with Your truth and encouraged with Your love. As heralds of the Gospel, God, could You work that in us and in our hearts. Amen. Amen.